Go on. <laughs> yeah, you've probably worked out Al's not here. <laughs> Luke, barricade the door. Um, I think I've said that every time I've done this. <laughs> um, yeah, so this morning I, I had a few things rattling through my brain on what I was going to talk about. Is that loud enough, Del? That's full steam for me. Um, yeah, I had a few things rattling around on what I was going to talk about, and in the end I sort of thought, um, I thought I was going with joy, but you're not going to get that. So <laughs> I ended up going with fear and uh, overcoming it with faith. Um, so yeah, I'll just get straight into it. I got a bit of a, a strange start. I wanted to have a really huge long heading for you too, and I'm not going to draw everything out, so it takes time, but <laughs> just a little bit. Um, so I'll get Luke to show a little video, and just before you do, Luke, I'll, I'll fill it in. So this was the first ever car I owned. Um, it was the snazzy 85 Ford Meteor, and um, yeah, just listen to the, the ad's old and corny, but it sold me, and um, yeah, just listen to the words in it, because I had a few uh, discrepancies with it when I watched it. That's enough. <laughs> Sorry. That's the bit I had the discrepancy with. The new Ford media's got it all. Because, um, yeah, I had to sit down and ask myself, did it? <laughs> the one I got up was a little bit um, aged from that new car ad. It was as old as that ad. And, um, yeah, I know, it was horrible. And, yeah, I've got to say, summers had never been so hot until I got in the new Ford media because... Um, I went for the aircon button and it was just non-existent. And um, yeah, the, the electronics, I had RSI in both arms from winding the windows up. Um, yeah, and I, and I needed um, an old jumper to demist the window. That was the demister button. So yeah, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Um, I've got another little picture of what I thought it sort of was like. <laughs> Forgive the crudity of the drawing. But, um, yeah, that's how it sort of ended up. <laughs> to scale. Um, no, it wasn't all that bad, but it was pretty beat up. I remember one day I was going down Richmond Hill and um, I just tapped the brakes really lightly because you wouldn't risk anything further. And there was like fire coming up past my windows because the, the brakes disappeared. And um, I had to take that T-intersection at the bottom at about 130 knots. It was ridiculous. The tyre didn't fall off, but the exhaust did once. Um, in the end, the handbrake went and that saved me that day. Um, but what I will say about it, yeah, so it wasn't perfect, it wasn't much of a car in the end, but it did always get me from, well, most of the time, got me from A to B and did the job it was made for. Um, yeah, so all of that being said, my point sort of is, uh, do we need to have it all together, uh, personally, if you look at someone like me, but more importantly, spiritually, to move past our own expectations and fears and be activated for God's use? So, um, yeah, it's a bit of, what's one of them topics that might make me look like I've got a big head, so I'm going to throw my disclaimer out early that um, I'm only talking about this because I probably need to hear it and um, step into this stuff more. Um, so yeah, that's the disclaimer. Um, I, just descri- I just described my next passage, but anyway. The reason I felt to talk on this, oh, and also, last little thing, forgive the reading because I have to do it. I, I can't memorise like Alan and stuff. Um, the reason I felt to talk on this was this, if you're anything like me, and uh, Del, hopefully for your sake you're not, um, I can get into my head a little bit and really let things get in the way and build up. And um, it's usually like a fear of failure or humiliation of all things. I mean, I will let myself be called Mrs. Doubtfire by Alan, but 
the fear of humiliation does creep in a little bit. So um, as Christians, these can be massive stumbling blocks in stopping good stuff God has for us. So our fears are something we've got to work through to keep growing and benefiting God more. <clears throat> yeah, so we need to break through. Yeah, we've got to break through that mentality that we're not good enough or wise enough or whatever it is that's stopping you, you know, really stepping out and wanting to pick up the slack for God. Um, break that mentality and know, you know you're, per- you're perfect in God's eyes and you don't need that. Um, like Alan's been saying about us having the Holy Spirit in us, um, it wasn't something we had to earn or get to a Christian level like in a video game to get to. He just gave it out freely. Um, it was a gift from him. Um, it used to baffle me as a kid. My dad, um, he, he used to restore old antique furniture for a living. And um, I just had mountains of rubbish under the house. But he'd go in there and he'd do it up. And to me, it just some of it just looked plain nasty. It had like, he'd still leave the scratches on it and chicken wire on the side of these cabinets and but he'd put a bit of spray I'd, sometimes i'd look over in the carport and he didn't never wore a mask or anything it was just this cloud of <laughs> toxic fumes and you'd just see his head bopping around in there and Gee, that's not going to be good for him but um he's still kicking <laughs> um, that's not what baffled me though what baffled me was his furniture and the fact that he thought um you know he thought it was great he'd finish it and i'd be like ah it's not done you got to do a bit more but he thought you know, as it is, the uniqueness of the imperfections and the, the mesh and whatever, he, that looked good to him. That's how he wanted it. And um, we used to have this, we were pretty lucky, we had this home video when we were a kid and uh, me and my brother would steal it. We thought we were like Steven Spielbergs and we'd film ourselves showing off in front of it and dancing or whatever and not dancing, manly stuff. <laughs> I really dug my hole there. Whatever you do as a young man. And... Um, yeah, and then later on we'd be like, oh, let's watch that back. We're, we're so cool. So we'd put it on the TV and start watching ourselves playing around. Midway through the tape, it just cuts off to those awful, like, dead silent videos that people do. And it's just my dad filming his bit of furniture. It's just totally cut our playtime. <laughs> and you can almost hear him drooling. Like, he, he loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty disappointing. You'd go ten minutes, like, oh, dear, get back to us. But, you know, he was just he admired this stuff. And, um, yeah, believe it or not, I am Christian. And um, I was reading through the story of David the other night. Um, it seemed like this guy was stuck in Jumanji. Um, he had lions and bears he had to fight off. And he, he was delivered through those situations. And um, then when Goliath came along, because he'd already stepped into these adversities, like I haven't had to fight too many lions or bears. So his faith meter was pretty up there. And um, yeah, he was just sky high on faith that God would get him through it again like he had before. <clears throat> so uh, like the rest of us, uh, David wasn't perfect. Um, there might have been an incident or two uh, in the Bible where he didn't do things the right way or whatever, but the Bible says he was in- considered a man after God's own heart. Um, I'll just get a verse up. I've got to do this to make it actually legitimate. Uh, if, if we look at Acts 13.22... Oh, Luke, you're too quick. I need time. Um, so it says, well, the one I've got, it says, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, He'll do everything I want him to do. So the reason God's saying he's considered a man after his heart is that he did what God wanted him to do. It, again, like it was, it was probably fear. Well, David didn't seem like he seemed pretty confident, but you know, he always stepped up and he just did. Whether it was um, scary or not, he did it. And um, yeah, I, for me personally, uh, I'll throw a quick analogy, and I don't know if it works. I just thought of it this morning, but I was thinking, like, you know, as a kid, you, your parent might say, "Oh, if you if you do this or that." you know you'll get a reward for it or some pocket money or whatever and if you didn't there might be a punishment but they you know they never took the love away it was never like if you do it 
I'll love you more. It was just always a reward. And I think that's like with God, you know, he's always going to love us no matter what, but he loves us to step into things and he'll reward us for that. Um, yeah, so I went way too long pushing God's voice to the background and uh, not feeling ready or good enough to be used. And like David, we need to push past our fear and activate God in our lives. Um, I think the reason David and we can run into things and step out as Christians is because um, if we want to be for real for God, if we really want to do this, you know, make it mean something and um, be our life story, I guess, whatever you want to say, um, our faith is in God and we can trust him. He's pulled through that many times. He's proven that. Um, just another verse, if we have a little geese at uh, 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-seven. so quick. Um, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. Um, yeah, so again, there you've got the, he will. Like, he's just so confident that it's going to happen. He's, there's no doubt in, in him that God's going to come through. Um, he had absolute faith that God was with him and would deliver him <clears throat> when he stepped up to Goliath. And through that faith, he took the action. And as he suspected, God gave him the victory. Um, just quickly, just forgive my sunburn too. Something went wrong yesterday. Um, so yeah, he stepped up and God gave him victory in that. The other interesting thing we can take from this is that when Goliath popped up on the scene, there was this like stalemate going on where um, the Israelites were on one hill and the Phillies were on one side and nothing was going on. They were just sitting back waiting for someone to you know, step up to Goliath because he seemed like a pretty scary guy. Um, finally David you know, heard and he said, oh, I'll do it. You know, he just stepped up to the task. And um, sometimes it just takes one person to get something started. And even last week, what uh, Chris was saying, I thought was cool. You know, you've got these farmers who are struggling and there's all these situations, but someone had to say, we've got to help them and go out and do it. And that builds momentum and another person gets on and suddenly you're making a difference. So, um, Or someone might go and put red in their hair and do something totally awesome like that. And Pauline, I know you want to do it. <laughs> no, you can. I'll let you copy. Uh, I want mine out, actually. So um, yeah, it probably looks pretty obvious right now, but if I'm to pinpoint one of my biggest challenges in my life, fear-wise, um, it'd have to be public speaking, of all things. And um, I've got a really good mate of mine here today, actually, Dylan. He's come all the way up from uh, Lismore. <laughs> but um, to me, he's like a Barnabas to me. He's been a great friend and, um, you know, really just talked into my life and just refused to not talk about God with me, even if all I wanted to talk about was football, and I always appreciate that stuff, but... Um, he also had to witness some pretty um, gut-wrenching scenes of me getting a microphone or whatever and talking in front of class. And um, I'd get up to do a speech and I had palm cards and they're literally falling out of my hands because I'm shaking so much. It's like a blender up there. And um, it even got to the point I was starting to forge my mum's signature to say I can talk like a little scaredy cat at lunchtime and stuff. And, and, and the fear spread like wildfire because another friend of ours, Ben, he ended up getting me to forge some of his and you know, it, the fear was just spreading. And I, I, was, I was toxic. It was horrible. But, um, yeah, so the fact that God's got me up here, I can only put it down to him and just be thankful to him. Um, yeah, he's just that good in that way and I'm um, trying to do my best for him. And, yeah, I just wanted to say, don't let, don't let the person you think you are, I probably stole this, but it's cool. Don't let the person you think you are stop you being the person God sees. Because, you know, we've got all our life to, you know, we'll be perfect in heaven. Until then, we've got plenty of time to, you know, let God work on us. Yeah, practice, we'll get it right. Um, so all that being said, that sounds smart. Um, the Bible talks about two types of fear. You've got um, fear of God and fear of man. There is another one, though, called Frady Cat Fear. 
And um, I won't talk on it much, but it's quite all right to have this one. It's different. And um, just a quick story. Ruth and I went to America last year, and um, Ruth just had to have a slushy. It was about midnight, and she's like, we're, we're going out to the 7-Eleven to get one. And I had to protect her, so I was a bit nervous. And... Um, Anyway, one of us took a few wrong turns and we wound up in a pretty unpleasant neighbourhood and I wasn't proud to say I power walked like I was on the tread climb elliptical 3000 and um, <laughs> I was actually on Ruth's back. I was like, run! <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that fear, all well and good, but I want to talk about the spiritual ones, the fear of man, um, the fear of God. So we might have a look at what God has to say about us and fear. Uh, if we have another little squiz at uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Um, okay. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. So straight up, it's pretty obvious what it says. I'm sweating bullets up here. Um, so God, where's that air conditioner? <laughs> so God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So like Al's been talking about, um, we've been saved. If we've been saved by God, He's put this spirit in us. Um, so when we get prompted or feel to act for God, like uh, you know, you might be talking to someone you don't know and you feel oh I've got to pray for that person or whatever it might be and you get that anxious doubt like oh I don't know I think we can be pretty certain that's our fear of man side because the Holy Spirit God's put in us is fearless you know it's not scared it's um it's of God it wants the things God wants and uh, it's here to guide us into those things so it's that fear of man that's breaking down and having a bit of a meltdown um yeah so the spirit we have is fearless it it's after those things blah 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 sorry I've lost my place but yeah, we do have free choice. Um, God's given us that. And we have that choice whether we give into our earthly you know, self or whether we you know, bow down to our, our Father in heaven and follow that fearless spirit into battle. Um, it can be confronting to step out past our comfort zones. Um, and I'm saying that because most of the time I'm not hitting the mark. Yeah, so I don't want you to think I've got a big head or I'm like putting down the hammer. I'm, this is me really. But, um, but my heart, I know in my heart I get this feeling I really want to. I want to do better, but it's like the head gets in the way. And um, yeah, I do give in to the fear side too often. And um, it's all like, you know, I worry I might look stupid or humiliate myself. But yet I I have that knowledge. I know our whole purpose is to reach the unsaved. Um, We've already got our name in the book of life. We get to worship God in heaven forever. Um, And that's where I get off track as a Christian and sort of I'm in, dust off the hands and job's done sort of thing. You can still go on with other things, but no character Jesus displayed for us on his time here taught us, you know, that self-first behaviour or to not care for other people or to only worry about our salvation and then party hard till it gets too hard to party. <laughs> Ruth said, don't put that in, but I like that. Um, but yeah, it, go, it goes against everything, you know, Jesus is and did here. You know, he, he lived a humble life, he put others first, he reached out to people no one else wanted to talk to or whatever, so... We've got to take that on, on ourselves. Um, and that's where the fear of God comes in. So having a fear of God is to hold God in reverence, uh, to be so in awe of him and who he is that his will convicts and motivates us to be alive for him. Um, I just want to throw a few verses out there. Um, I'll rattle them off. We don't have to go through them all that slow, but it might make this work a bit longer. But it gives a bit of clarity to why fearing God's not a thing to feel scared of, um, but to embrace and there's blessings and good stuff to come from it. So... Um, Luke, you can throw them up if you want, Luke, but I'll just rip through them. So Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. So that's a good one. <laughs> I went through everything. Proverbs 28.4 
The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honour and life. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And Psalm 145, 19. Uh, he will fulfil the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. That one's really cool. Um, so your fear is not all bad when it's for God. Um, so in hearing that fearing God brings blessings to us, then having reverence for him and wanting to carry out his will in our life should bring us back to our purpose, um, which is that Jesus left us with a mission to do. Um, most of the time when you hear about a mission, there's a battle. Uh, in our case, we're the soldiers um, here on earth to do his work. Um, when I thought about this, I got this picture of um, it's like what, I, what I'd like to be like. I'm probably not, but I'd like to be there. Uh, it's like Forrest Gump. And um, if that's his real name, Forrest, it's when he's charging back into the forest. And um, you know, there's the war and all his mates have been hit and they're down. And he's just jumping back in, get one over his shoulder, brings him out, tosses him, goes back into the forest again, gets another one. You know, he's just... He's on mission and he just keeps going in to save people. I thought it was a pretty cool picture. Um, so we're here and we've got what we need to succeed. Um, you know, God's put the spirit in us. He, he's with us. Um, every week we're built up in things. So I think personally, too often I'm keeping the goods locked up. Um, we've got to put our faith in God that he can reach people through us and work through us. I was thinking, this is all going to sound a little bit crazy, maybe, I don't know, but I just thought I wanted to use it, so I'm going for it. Um, when we come to church, yeah, and I don't want this to come across as yeah, a bit hasty or whatever. When we come to church, it's like coming back to the load-up zone. Um, we restock, we feed, and if we're seeing God move in our lives during the weeks, we can bring back stories and boost each other up. Um, it's sort of like in the war, you know, some sniper might get ten people, so they'd talk him up in the papers to um, boost morale amongst the, the people and that, and... Me and Ruth always have this thing. Someone's going to hit me for this, but we, um, we always say Don Bradman. I, I reckon he was a war hero. No one can average 99. Everyone else was averaging 30, and he's 99. And the English, he was always playing England, and they were our friends. So I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure there was a few underarmers coming in. Um, so, yeah, but again, Don Bradman, a war hero. You heard it here first. Um, but it built morale. It kept people who were back here thinking, yeah, this, this good stuff still going on. And that's our job. You know, when we go out there... Um, if we're doing, if we're active, we're going to be getting stories to bring back and share and that boosts us all up and then I can do that. Um, then we go back out there again. Um, I pro- I, as I said, I don't example this that well myself, um, but I'd want to do better. And not by striving, but lately I'm really finding that just quieting myself, that's a huge one for me, just shutting my voice off and quietening down and trusting God more. And he's speaking to me and sort of leading me a lot better in that way. Um, but I don't want to be like a soldier that's hiding from the battlefront uh, while other Christians are out in there and, um, you know, going out each week, not using any of my ammo God's given me and then coming back the next week to get more ammo but not firing a single bullet sort of thing. Like, we're here to get fed, to go out and to use it. Um, so, yeah, even if we get back here and things haven't gone well, we might have taken some hits. Um, I've talked to some people that just haven't wanted to hear it and um, it doesn't matter. We come back here and we get get together, get, you know, you get patched up sort of thing. Um, and we're not going out there to win land or possessions. You know, we're fighting for God's children. So it's the most worthy cause you could get. So it's pretty cool to put our little humiliation and stuff on the line for. I know I say that and probably don't do it that much, but I want to. Um, yeah, so some, some people God's put in my path and I get that little prompt in the spirit to have a yarn to them and I'll say, um, 
yeah, it's like some of them can be pretty scary. Some of my customers, I'm like, oh, say, God, I don't know, that one's already saved for sure. Um, <laughs> it's too scary. I'm like, yeah, I saw a Christian plaque somewhere. It, um, I know without God, there's no way it's going to work. You know, I'm a totally different person to some of these guys, and we all we all got our personalities. But sometimes God does, and He's like, talk to him, and you're like, no. But um, yeah, it, it's trusting He'll come through. It's got to be Him, and. Um, Without God, there's no way to work, and we have faith that he'll come through. It's sort of like Moses in the Red Sea. I thought I'd use this as an example. Like God tells him to go down to the water and lift his stick up, and uh, the, the seal part. I think it, Moses couldn't have been that dumb. He knew it wasn't the stick, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be looking for that stick right now. But have they found it? I don't know. <laughs> Need to do my research. I'll find it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely he needed God to show up. He's like, this stick ain't gonna do it. I tried this when I was a kid, so. Um, it's, it's all God and it's putting that sort of trust in us that when we go to talk to someone or whatever it might be or pray, even in our prayer, you know, pray with expectation that God's God, he can do it. And um, yes, yeah, so that's, that's about that. Put faith into our actions. I reckon for us who believe in God, it seems we've already done the big step. Um, just believing in God we can't see. We're all here right now and I can't see him but I know he's here and I know, you know my faith's in that and that's massive. So all these other things... If you use that same faith when you pray or when you talk to someone, it kind of takes that pressure off. It's like, well, he's big. He came for me sort of thing. Um, yeah. I think, I think probably one reason, it's not the reason, but one reason why we sort of lose that faith in God at times is because we stop exercising it. Um, sorry, I'm sweating. This must be disgusting for everyone. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who I heard this from. Um, I think it was a woman by the name of um, Faith Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Another one who said don't put in there. But um, it's like, it, it was that faith is like a muscle. So like a muscle, we need to continually put it to use to strengthen it. Um, I think back to when I got saved, and you've had to hear, hear this one a few times, but it's where I can go. Um, yeah, and I had to reach out to a God I couldn't see or feel. So when he revealed himself to my life, my faith meter just went off the Richter scale. It's like in that one heartbeat, you know, every, my whole life changed. Suddenly, yeah, he's there, he's real. Um, he loves me, you know, he can hear me and he answers me. All that just happened in this heartbeat. It was really cool. So, um, yeah, to summarise this whole twisted can of beans I've been on about, um, I'd, I'd just say God made us with a purpose. Um, we don't want to be Christians that get stuck in the mud waiting and wondering what God's will for us is but not acting until we get that perfect sign or feel complete because that happens when we get to heaven anyway. Uh, I'm going to steal from Al again. He's just that good. But um, once he, he said this about a year ago or so, he said a stationary ship can't turn. It needs to be moving. And I really like that. I think um, we need to be active Christians in that same way who put faith in a mighty and loving God and trust he has the answer to our fears and things that are holding us back. So um, as we go forward with God, just trust that he's with you um, and you're good and ready. Um, and if none of that hit the mark, just know he loves every one of you heaps. So that's about it. <laughs> Is that long enough? <laughs> I'll pray to finish if you want. Um, yeah, Heavenly Father, you're just such a good God. Um, you're so faithful to us. And Lord, I just pray that we'll put our faith back into you and it's like that gift you've given us and like any present God you you give it out and we want to use it and in that please you with it so father I just pray that 
um, as we step out in faith, as we really get active, Lord, that you'll just bless us in that and just come through and uh, build your kingdom, God. It's about you and we want to honour you and um, yeah, cherish you, God. We just thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. That was-